You are listening to Personal Branding Exposed with Megan McNeil. Each episode will explore different areas of personal branding and how you can build, maintain, and leverage off your own personal brand. Here's your host, Megan. Hey everyone, welcome to Personal Branding Exposed and tonight I have Lacey Saville with me and she is your go-to girl and we're going to be talking all things style but we're not just going to stop at style and clothes, we're going to be talking about style with confidence. Hey Lacey, thanks so much for joining me. Excited to be here. So Lacey, what does style with confidence mean to you? What What is this all about? I feel that Sometimes we get lost in what style is. And for me, it's about showing up who you are and being finding a way to be able to express yourself without sort of speaking. So when it comes to those engagements or those sort of events, you can sort of walk into a room and people can sort of understand what you're about. And being able to wait to express yourself and show your personality through what you wear and how you present yourself. Because people make a judgment of you within like, oh, millisecond, it's not even a full second and they've made a judgment of you. So I guess the way you walk into a room is really important. Super important. I think the statistics are online. You've got three seconds before somebody makes a judgment about you. And in person, you've got seven seconds before they assume all the things about you. So you've really got, it's really important as your personal brand as how you're going to show up in that moment. Because when we do look at the statistics, it's limited amount of time. You don't have minutes to just say your spiel and get it out there. It's literally those seconds. That's really hard, actually. It's three seconds online. I get that. That's normally a still image. That's your headshot, et cetera, on your LinkedIn profile or whatever it is. You've got a certain amount of control over that. But for women, that's seven seconds at an event. We normally have handbags and purses and we're trying to hold a drink or, you know, grab a canopy at the same time. Men definitely have it easier there without the handbags. They've got a bit freer hands. That's a big one. It is big and I think that that's why it can be so debilitating sometimes and and why a lot of women step into that fear or 89% of women don't even go to those events because of those judgments and the fear and the decisions of what they have to wear. So it is a lot but when you can actually make that investment in yourself and kind of go go down that path to really unpack it all and make those discoveries, then it becomes a lot easier every single time that you do it. Oh, 100%. Like a dress with pockets, buy it in every colour. <laughs> exactly. And do you know what? I'm a huge fan of like if you find an item that you love and it fits you like heaven and you feel confident in it, go and buy a second one because if that ever runs out, like you've got a backup. So I'm an absolute fan for that. Oh, my husband's a big fan of that as well. He's got his favourite pants at the moment and we have to rush out and try and find another pair before they disappear. So, yeah, he's a testament to that. Now, yeah, Lacey. We do, we do live in a world of fast fashion, though, so things, like, come and go so quickly that when you find a good thing, like, you just got to hold on to it. <laughs> Lacey, now, did 15-year-old Lacey think this is what she was going to be doing? Because I, I kind of assume that, you know, being a stylist and being, you know, you went to Fashion Week, etc., that's not something that you just switch on. You're a creative, obviously. Where's that come from? Was 15-year-old Lacey sitting in a classroom going, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up? Oh, such an interesting question because 15-year-old me, was I was never very academic. And my parents were very unhappy about that. But by the time I was about 17, I decided to go into beauty therapy and I was doing both high school and beauty therapy. So I went down 
that sort of path first of doing beauty therapy and makeup. And then it wasn't really until I, well, I have to, when I was still at school, I was fiddling around with the sewing machine. I was sort of trying to create this uniqueness and what I wanted to wear that was different. I didn't want to go to the department stores. I shopped in op shops. I wanted to cut things and transform them. And then I decided to sort of travel the world and expose myself to more and what was available. And that's what ignited me is to just get into styling and get into fashion, to really find a way that I could help other women experience what I was experiencing in the world of fashion. So where did you head off to first? When I went travelling? Yeah. So I did six months around um, Western Europe and the UK. London was my first stop and I was obsessed. Like I'd already been there a few times before, but on this solo trip that I did, I, I feel like it was the best thing I ever did in my life because the, the key points for me, which is surprising maybe to you, but London, Scotland and France were like the biggest places that I could find to get my hands on fashion and find really unique things, that which is so different to what you see everywhere else. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Scotland has amazing vintage shops. Like you could go in there and, and London does as well. It's, it's obviously huge, but... In Scotland in particular, there was just so many intricate little shops that would have such variety that was just, it felt like it was so untouched and that just made me explore it even more. That's funny because I, I guess I'm, I'm used to it and I'm from the Highlands, so, you know, we have a lot of quirky clothes, a lot of Harris tweed, which is beautiful when it's done right. Um, you know, a lot of tartan, again, tartan can be really, ugh. Um, you know, if it's just a regular kilt, but there's some amazing <laughs> things that they do. Um, one of my best friends from home, um, Deborah, her uh, sister, Judy Clark, she makes amazing clothes. I'll need to send you her link. Um, yeah. There's amazing clothes out of Harris Tweed, and it, she went to Fashion Week as well a couple of times, and it's so spectacular. But, you know, I've seen a lot of that in person because I remember going around to Deborah's when I was younger and we'd see what Judy was making. But um, I'd never, I don't, I don't know where I would have found that in a shop in Scotland, but you obviously found it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, sometimes when we live in our own cities, it's, it, there's so much we haven't discovered because it's home. But I feel like when we travel, it's that part of our brain just switches on to, really explore further and deeper into where we are at that point in time. Yeah, and you get to reinvent yourself. When I came to Perth originally, you know, you go through school, university, um, you know, jobs, etc. You grow up, you've got your family and everything that you become a certain person, you know, and you don't really evolve too much until you go outside and you meet new people because new people give you a new perspective and everything. But coming mm. to the side of the world on my own definitely got to reinvent myself to a certain extent, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like they say, like the change of, change of environment can do wonders for you. Um, it's just, like you said, about the different perspective and the, the different, I think the different environment creates a different way that we feel and that we may feel more inspired or more, um, a more of a pull to try something different that we haven't tried before. Now, you've been in Europe, you've done London, etc. I, I will say, I remember when I was younger walking around London and like all the ladies in their business outfits, they'd have these amazing business outfits, but because they had to commute so far, they would have trainers or sneakers on with these outfits. Did you see a lot of that? 
Yeah, it's like, and you still see a lot of that. Like when I lived in Melbourne, you still see that. And I'm like, there are better ways that are still comfortable to go about it. But like, if that makes you feel good and you're happy with that, like you do you. You do you, 100%. You just need to tap them all on the shoulder and say, hey, I've got an option for you. I've got to walk up with some sneakers that are just a little bit better. <laughs> some glittery ones, yeah, like that. Maybe, maybe. So where did we head off to after Europe? So pretty much when I came home from Europe, I was home in Perth for about two months. And then that's it. I packed up everything and moved to Melbourne. And then that's where I started studying styling. Um, and I did it. There's a lot of stylists that will just, that have just, you know, come off their own back. You know, they're very intuitive with what they do. And for me, I think the push of my parents of being more academic and having all the pieces of paper, I was like, no, I'm going to go and learn from someone because I think there's no better way to learn than learning from somebody else. So I went and studied um, styling and then my mentor then took me on and I started working in her style consultancy at Chadston for, I think, five years. So it was such a huge throw-in because that was all about personal styling and being in Melbourne, such a big city, it just, it's so hard to explain. It's like fire went off within me and I just wanted to try everything in styling. I did editorials, I did celebrities, I styled at fashion weeks for like four years in a row and it just enabled me to really try everything that there was to offer in styling. And then it sort of brought me back to what I felt most rewarded in doing moving forward. So tell us a bit about Fashion Week because that sounds pretty incredible. Mm, Fashion Week is like a whole different game. I the I could work 18 hours in a day and have like some crackers to eat. You, it's, it's really, really hard work. But the amount of adrenaline that you feel and the show that is performed it just it keeps you going. It's it's an experience that I still love to this day. I just don't think my energy could keep up. And, you know, I'm a very high energy person and I've suffered with anxiety. And I think, unfortunately, it did bring out a bit of anxiety. So it wasn't exactly the place for me to be. And it's even though everybody looks amazing as they go out on the catwalk and these are like pieces that nobody's seen before and it's that whole mystery behind it, it wasn't exactly rewarding for me. Like I wanted to be able to make a change to somebody's life rather than just showcasing all the beautiful things in the world. Yeah, and I think that's where the disconnect is when you think of styling and you think of fashion week, because I look at fashion week and I even, you know, Judy's clothes that I was talking about earlier, I remember looking at them, but they were not made for someone like me. They were not made for a girl with boobs or a girl with hips. They were for sticks. They were for models. Um, you know, so there is that disconnect, but that's not what you do because you've got this amazing quote that it's it's not your body, it's your clothes. Talk to us a little bit about what it is that you do for, you know, because you're working with all shapes and sizes. What does that involve? Yeah. So where I actually came up with that quote is because even right now, as I say this, if, if somebody goes and looks in a mirror, you'll actually hear all the negative commentary that comes up. It's literally what is ingrained in us is we we don't, we like to critique ourselves rather than give ourselves a positive affirmation. And it's really important when it comes to a change room because when we're out of our home in that comfort zone, we go to a shopping centre. That's my dog. <laughs> we go to a shopping centre and then we're trying all of these clothes, trying to embrace ourselves and empower ourselves. And 
And then we look into a mirror there and then and all of a sudden get overwhelmed and we feel like crap and then we leave that place feeling horrendous, just wanting to run to our cars. So creating that quote was like, just remember, it's not, it's not your body that's the problem. Hey, it's not our bodies that are the problem, it's the clothes. You just haven't found the right fit. You haven't got the right cut. You haven't got the right style. And that's what I feel is so important. It's so important. It's fun enough, please. Thank you. He's got some opinions as well. He's got very big opinions and he thinks that there's a show going on and he's like, I'm not involved. <laughs> I think you make some really great points there, though, because like you said, there's a lot of shops that you go into, the clothes only go up to a certain size. You, you know, you, I mean, you're a different size in different shops. I mean, I can be, I've got four different sizes in my closet, depending on where it's come from. That. Oh you pick up the size you think you're going to be you get in the, the changing room and all of a sudden you just you lose all that confidence you feel crap but you're mm. right it's nothing to do with the with your body it's just that those clothes don't fit it 100 percent. and i usually say if you're going to go shopping grab two sizes if you think you're a 12 grab or even three grab a 10 and a 14 because you actually don't know and the thing is is for such a long time we've determined our worth on the number or the letter that's on the back of our clothes. And it's not about that at all. It's about how they fit us and how we feel in them. And if you want to go and wear loud prints and, you know, wear eccentric things, then wear it. But if you don't feel good in it and you don't think it fits you well, then don't wear it. Try something else. And that's where, like, the discovery process, I try and make it exciting for women rather than being stuck in the fear and getting so debilitated by it to actually make it a journey of discovery and something fun to do. So and what? that's why I bring back, like I always tell my clients to play dress-ups in your wardrobe because if you don't play dress-ups, how are you going to have fun in the wardrobe? This is very true. I think I need to get you over here to sort out my wardrobe because Stefan actually built me a walk-in wardrobe because I've got so much clothes. And like I said, in umpteen different sizes and half of it doesn't fit and probably never will. Um, but you you need someone to tell you that because you've always got these hopes that one day it will fit. <laughs> well, it's not, not a, yeah, we've got the hopes, but it's also... Um, as women, we're quite emotional. So we have feelings about our clothes. And I had a conversation about this with one of my friends who's also a stylist today. And it's about those feelings about something, the memories we have to it, or the fact that we created it, or somebody helped us design it. Or there's all these sort of layers that when somebody else can come in and help you unpack all of that, the decisions are made like that. And it's no longer about I need to have the amount of clothes in my wardrobe and only wear 20% of them. It's about I want all those clothes in my wardrobe to inspire me every day, not like, ugh. So are you a fan of the capsule wardrobe? Look, I feel not so much a capsule wardrobe, but it's important to have those staple items in the wardrobe because when we have a good range of staples, that's where we can have those unique pieces and still be able to make multiple outfits with with everything that we've got. I can't say I'm a minimalist. 
No, you definitely aren't a minimalist, but I mean, I presume that a lot of the women you work with um, are the complete opposite of you, hence why they're working with you. Um, and I would, I'm making assumptions here, I would assume that a lot of them don't get as loud as you do, but it's not about that. It's about getting to a, a point that they're, they're still comfortable or are comfortable, become comfortable, um, but also making an impact, having you know, when you walk into a room, people notice you. I mean, obviously, personal branding's my thing. I, I think it's super important. I always say to someone when they're designing their logos or, um, you know, if it's their own business, if they're designing a logo, etc., make sure that the colors are stuff that you love and colors that you probably would wear as well, because you do tend to, if you enjoy those colors, and then also it's part of your branding, etc., it goes on. And I know tonight that you picked your outfit based on your brand colors. Those are colors that you enjoy, but they're also part of your branding. Is that a part of the process working with you as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm very big on having consistency. So even though I don't have an entire wardrobe full of my brand colors, it's having the consistency across your platform. So it may not be just a color in your pants. Like I've got, you can't even say I've got pink pants on. But it may not be like the color and clothing, but bringing it out in lipsticks or hair accessories and finding ways that you can zhuzh up your outfits that doesn't have to be loud. And no, you're exactly right. My clients don't necessarily want to be as loud as I am. And that's a good thing because... Otherwise, there'd just be clones everywhere, and that's not what it's about. It's about finding those things that do light you up, whether it's a colour, a pattern, a certain style or, you know, a certain shape of dress. You know, they're the things that I help my clients to discover so they can create that wardrobe that actually lights them up for them, for their personality, for their brand and for their vision of their business and where they want to go. So the women that you're working with, it's predominantly to build their brands online as opposed to in person. Because we've obviously talked about both, but I'm, you know, when I had a look at your website, it was very much focused. And, you know, we were obviously connected on Instagram and, you know, talk quite a bit. It looks like it's very much focused on bringing that person online because there's people that can walk into a, a room quite confidently that can't post for the life of them on social media. Is that, the, yeah. is that where you're bridging it for them? Yeah, because look at the world we live in and it's so important in 2021. I mean, I was saying it in 2020, but now we're in 2021 and it's so important to be online. If you're just hiding behind a logo, it's, it's not going to help your brand and you're not going to get to the places that you need to be or want to be within your brand, within your business, within your career. Um and it's not even just about owning a business because in your career, let's just say a real estate agent, you know, they could be working for somebody, but by putting your face out there, doing videos and showing up, that can help bring in the clients that you need to make that work. So I feel that the online platform is a very scary platform for a lot of people. And it starts somewhere. Everybody's going to start somewhere. To all my clients, I always say, go back to the very first IGTV that I ever put out and you can just see how I am and then see how I am now like we all have to start somewhere it's just about not getting in your head so much finding a style and finding a way that you can present yourself that you feel you genuinely feel authentic and confident in that will actually help you to show up more and more and more and it just gets easier 
Oh, yeah, I c couldn't agree more with you. And you're right. It's not whether you have a business or whether you're employed or, you know, whatever your status is, everybody needs to be online. I mean, we're all online anyway, even, you know, people who aren't interested in personal branding or career development or anything. You've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you are putting something out there in the world, you have a personal brand, but you never know if you are, you know, a little bit more, I guess you've got some strategy behind it, what opportunities might come from that. Yeah, and, and just going back to as well what you said, I mean, everything that I do with my clients is still even about showing up at events. Um, a lot of the people I work with want to collaborate more and speak at events. So it's it's all in the one thing, but I think I, I really try to help coach them with getting online because that opens up so much opportunity where they can then go and get those speaking events or speak to the group of people that they want to be in front of. Yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, you said it right at the very beginning, you've got three seconds online, seven seconds in person. And that first encounter is so, so important. Like we're human. We just, we, we're not meant to judge a book by its cover, but we do. And we do it every single day when we meet people. And it's totally fine if you're not someone's cup of tea. That part's fine. But as long as you're confident in yourself, and that's why I love what you're doing, because you're making them confident enough in themselves that it doesn't matter if people don't gel with them, because there's plenty of other people that do. And you're so confident that it doesn't matter that you don't have to please everyone. 100%. There was one There was one comment that came from, I can't actually pinpoint where I first heard it, but if you're not turning anybody off, you're not turning anybody on. And it's yes. basically like exactly there are so many people in the world and there is so much work out there for everybody. You can't look at other women in business in your industry as competition. It's It's about how we collaborate and how we create community that really helps everybody, then it doesn't create that separation between us all because we're all here to do our thing and everybody is so unique in their own way that you're going to attract those people that like your uniqueness and the people that don't, that's cool, they'll find somebody else and that's nothing to do with your worth and how your self-esteem and self-confidence needs to be. Oh, completely. And, you know, I think you've pretty much summed it all up there that it's, um, you know, you don't have to be everyone's cup of tea. You just have to, you know, conflict is always how you win people, though, because people, if you're a fence sitter, you get nowhere. So whether it's, you know, your opinions and you're vocalizing something or if it's the way you turn up and the way that you look, it is going to put some people off and it's going to attract other people. So it, it's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's all psychology. That's why I love it. I just think it's so interesting as humans. Yeah. We think we know what we know, but really, we've got no idea why we do the things we do. <laughs> No, exactly. But like sitting on the fence, I mean, that's just us being comfortable. But if you really want to make an impact, you have to take risk. And it can be calculated risk, it can be baby steps risk, but at some stage, you've got to get outside that box and try something. Because what is it, the definition of, of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome. So if you're not going to give it a try, then what's the point? Yep. Definitely. And quite honestly, if you are yourself and you show up as you, you don't have any competition because no one else can actually be you. We're never going to get past this where there's, you know, there's millions of accountants, millions of lawyers, millions of personal brand strategists, millions of stylists, but no one else in the world does it exactly the same way as you do what you do and I do what I do. 
and yeah. you know we turn off lots of people but at the same time we attract lots of people so yeah. just be happy with that no no one is you <laughs> 100% and look, we wouldn't be here talking right now if we weren't doing what we were doing, so. I love it. Lacey, what's next for you? Oh, what's next? So um, at the moment, I'm I'm collaborating with a couple of photographers, really trying to finish off that complete process. So getting those branding shoots done, which then they can spread everywhere and have the consistency of images across the platforms. Um, and I'm really do, just going to stay doing what I'm doing for now. I, I love being able to work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's the amount of transformation that I can see from the beginning to the end. Like it, the light that I feel inside when that happens, it just blows me away. It blows me away how keen and consistent the clients can be and how, how much they apply everything and just want to give it a shot. It's, it really takes women quite a while to make that decision to work with me because they know they have to want it and they know that they have to gonna go, go and get it. Um, but the one-on-ones are really where I'm at and just keep running my live masterclasses. I try and do a live masterclass here in Perth every, every two months, um, hopefully moving them to online every other month as well, just to really spread the word. And I like to offer as much value as I can on social media because I think it's a, there's a lot that we can do from home and you don't have to necessarily jump in straight away, but that's where there's lots of variety of options to be able to have that entry point and then continue on just to get your image and your brand to make an impact in your business. I love it. I, I love what you're doing. Um, I've been following along for a while on um, Instagram and, you know, I think it's brilliant. It obviously really aligns with what I'm doing and I gel with you. Um, but how can everyone else who wants to get involved with the masterclasses or find out about one-on-one -on -one with you, where do they have to go to find that? So best place is probably my Instagram. So it's at I'm your go-to girl. Um, I also talk a bit on my podcast, which is showing up in style. Um, there's a series that I've just started, which is per particularly around personal branding, your style and like showing up the importance of it. Um, but everything, the links are there and also on my website, yourgotogirl.com.au. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lacey. Just before I wrap up, I just want to remind everyone that I've got my Build Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn Masterclass this Thursday, the 11th of February at noon, if you're in Perth. And you just need to go to the website or my Instagram or LinkedIn, find the link and register for that. And I will see you there. Thank you so much, Lacey. And I will speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Personal Branding Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, then please listen to some more, but also share it with your friends and leave a review. I'm a pretty new podcast, so that means quite a lot for me and I really appreciate your kind words. Social media, if you have any feedback or you just want to just want to chat really send me a message i'm normally found on instagram or linkedin they're where i like to hang out but i do have facebook if that's your thing and also on the website you can get my details there and you can get in touch thank you so much for getting this far if you want a little bit more though these episodes actually go out live every tuesday at 8 p.m western standard time here in western australia at 8 p.m which if you're in canada or america that'll be first thing in the morning for you so you can uh, listen over your morning coffee and if you're in the uk it'll be over your lunch break 
I speak to these amazing people every single Tuesday and they just expose their personal brands to us. They tell us what makes them tick, what motivates them. We hear their stories of where they've come from and where they are now and how they got there. There's loads you can take from this, lots of uh, motivation and inspiration. Like these people are awesome and they've really niched down. They know what it is that they're doing. So there's so much to take away from them. I have got this amazing lineup of people coming up. So make sure it's in your diary, 8 p.m. Western Standard Time and the podcast drops every Wednesday. Till next time.